Well, you and I are, are a group of people who we live with a lot of assumptions, don't we? We are people who make many assumptions in the course of our day. Do you ever actually stop to think about the number of assumptions that you operate under on any given day? For example, you assume that your car is going to start when you get out there to go to work in the morning. Or how about the normal path that you usually take to work? You assume that there are not any unknown detours that you are going to have to encounter on your way there. Or how about on these really balmy 93 degree degree days in May, you assume that your air conditioning unit is going to still work. But you also realize all it takes is one unknown detour or one unknown car repair to remind you just how quickly things can go south, how quickly they can go sour, so to speak. But on a more deeper level, on a, on a more personal level, we also assume a lot of things in our normal day-to-day life, things that aren't necessarily about a repair, but things about the people that we encounter and the people that we go and do life with. In fact, we assume, unfortunately, that people in our lives know how much they mean to us, whether or not we've told them that or not. We assume that people know that we love them, and maybe it's been a while since we actually said those words to them. Or how about your kids? If you're a parent, you assume that your kids know they can come to you and talk about anything, that there is never any topic that is off limits, but do they know that? Do they know that you as a parent want to be with them and, and talk about whatever might be going on in their life. Or how about this one? We assume that we're always going to have a tomorrow to do the things that we really want to do today. Or the things that we feel called to do today, we assume that there will be another day or another year to do that. And the truth of the matter is, it's, it's borrowed time. It's time that's very limited. And we have to not work under that assumption because you and I are not people who are immortal. We all have a start date and a end date, and the middle of that is what the Lord has given us and what he has entrusted with us. And so our hope and our prayer is that throughout the course of this message series, but specifically today, that you'll learn how to leverage that and to maximize that, to not work under assumptions, but simply to say, Lord, what is it that you desire to do in and through me? See, the problem with this line of thinking that there's always going to be a tomorrow. The problem with this line of thinking, it isn't necessarily that we're lazy or it's not that we take things for granted or it's not even that we're so busy and so overscheduled. A lot of those are true for us, but that's not really the problem. The problem with this line of thinking, and this isn't me making this up, this is what Scripture says, the problem with that line of thinking at the heart is that it's arrogant. It's actually very arrogant for us to assume that we're going to have more days here on this earth. It's taking for granted the things that we have. And the writers of Scripture, which we're going to see today, reminds us of this truth. And it's why we are instructed to go and to make the most of the time that we have, to make the most of every opportunity, and to realize that our life is just but a vapor. And so what I'd like to do for the next few minutes is to encourage us through God's Word. Encourage us through God's word to see what it is that he says about leveraging the time and leveraging the issues and the situations that we find ourselves in. And ultimately, that we would get a deeper understanding that our time here on earth is so limited. And so it's time for us to start living like we realize that truth and living like we realize the truth that God reminds us that we are here for but a season. And so help me to maximize it and to leverage it for you and for you alone. Know that I'm so grateful that you're here with us. And I'm going to ask you to pray with me as we dig into God's word together. Lord, thank you for this truth that we see in your word, this truth that we're going to unpack here in just a moment about our lives being but a mist, but a vapor that appears for just a little while and is gone. So I pray, Father, that you would help us to leverage Leverage the things that you have put in our life. Leverage the things that you have placed before us and help us to ultimately 
maximize our lives for your plans, not for ourselves, but for you and for you alone. And it's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen and amen. If you've been here with us the past couple of weeks, you'll remember that we're in this series called Leverage. And if you're worshiping with us for the first time today, I'm going to quickly catch you up as to what this series has been about. Now, this series has not been about finances in terms of leveraging them for, you know, the world's standard. It's not about just the maximum impact that you can get from the worldly things, but rather it's about influence and maximizing the things that God has placed in front of us. We've talked about our time. We've talked about our education. We've talked about our resources. Pastor Chase last week talked about the difficulties in our life and how we leverage those things for God. And so ultimately what leverage means is to maximize something. It's to invite God to maximize that area of our life for what he would desire to do and not necessarily what we would desire to do. And so I'm going to wrap up the series today before we move on to our next series. And I'm specifically going to be talking about everything that we've talked about over the past couple of weeks while adding it under the umbrella of platform. We're going to be saying, Lord, what is it that you desire to do to leverage the platform that you have given us this morning? Now, some of you, you heard the title of this message and you thought to yourself, there is nothing that's going to be relevant for me for the next few moments because I don't get invited to speak on stages. I don't have a platform. You know, I don't, you know, get people to invite me to sing in big arenas or whatever the case might be. I don't stand in front of people and teach them. And I want to let you know, if, if that's all that you think it means to have a platform, then you have sorely misunderstood what it means to be a person of influence. We're not talking this morning about big stages, but we're talking about the stage that God has put in front of us. And maybe, maybe you have an amazingly huge worldly platform, and maybe your platform would be smaller in the world's eyes, but each and every one of us has a platform. And God is the one who has given us that platform. And what he desires for us to do is to leverage that for him. Now, if the word platform is intimidating to you, just think about influence. Where are the places that the Lord has given you influence? And so what I want you to do is we're going to have an all skate this morning. I want everybody to participate in this, okay? You have on your worship guide four blanks under a question that says, what does my platform currently look like? What does my platform currently look like? I don't want you to answer this for me. I want you to answer that for yourself. And so there should be some pins on the seats around you. And I want you to take just a few minutes and, and put, put some thoughts on what does my platform currently look like. And I want to help you in that if you're struggling to think, what does this even mean? What is this guy talking about? If you're a parent, you have a platform with your children. If you are a grandparent, you have a platform, you have an area of influence with your grandkids. If you're a teacher, you have a classroom and all of the teachers in the room are saying, praise God, I don't have to be with that platform for the next couple of months, right? If you're a supervisor, you have a team of people who you work with. If you're an employee, you have coworkers, or you have clients that you interface with somewhere out there in the world. If you have a coach, or if you are a coach, you have a team of people. If you have any social media accounts, you have a platform of people who are looking at what you say and looking at what you post. If you live in a community, you have a platform. So a platform is any place where you have influence. So take a moment and just jot down a couple areas, a couple areas where you would say, hey, this is part of the platform that God has given me. And as you are doing that, I'm going to direct us to the point of Scripture that we're looking at today in James chapter 4. In James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17 specifically, and these five verses are so rich but they're a part of a longer letter that James is writing, and he's writing this to believers who are spread all throughout the Roman Empire. And the book of James is filled with some amazing truths, but specifically in James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17, this is the direction that he's given 
the believers about not boasting about tomorrow, but leveraging what you have today. And he says, starting in verse 13, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city and we'll spend a year there and we'll carry on business and make money. Why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and we'll do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, and all such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. And so the book of James has given us a lot of truth, a lot of these core truths that James is trying to get believers to understand, one of which, there's, there's a lot. I could pick so many things, but I picked just kind of five verses that will kind of cast a vision for you about what James is really trying to help these believers to understand. He says in chapter 1, verse 2, to consider it joy whenever you go through trials of many kinds. He says in chapter 1, verse 19, to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Can I get an amen on that one? Wouldn't it be better if we could understand that truth and understand that there's so much richness in just taking time to stop and think about what I'm going to say before I say it? In chapter 2, verse 1, he instructs them to not show favoritism. In chapter 2, verse 26, he says, faith without works is dead. In chapter 4, verse 7, he says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's just a, a random sampling of all that's happening in the book of James. And then we get to verse 13, and he's saying, your life is but a mist. It is a vapor, and it appears for just a little while, and then it vanishes. So see, you should really be sensitive to make the most of what you have and to see God in the midst of it all. Now, in fact, I love this passage of Scripture, and I think it's so perfect for this leverage series about platform because it starts out, it starts out like he's talking to a group of traveling vacuum cleaner salesmen. Do you guys remember that? Anybody ever remember the days when somebody would knock on your door and they're selling a vacuum cleaner? Everybody under the age of 30 in the room is like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. This is what used to happen back in the old days. People would knock on your door and they would sell you things. Can you imagine that happening now? Tomorrow afternoon, somebody knocks on my door with a Hoover. Um, do you mind if we come in and show you how this works? Because back then that was normal. Yeah, come on in. You know, yeah, there's some dirt. Show us, you know, show us what to do. But it's almost like James is talking to this group of businessmen, businesswomen that are traveling. And he says, now, all of you who say today or tomorrow, we're going to go to this city or that city. We're going to spend a year there. We're going to carry on business. We're going to make money. You don't realize your life is but a vapor. You're making these really grand plans about the platform that you have, but you've moved beyond this basic core truth, realize that your time is really short. So what God's trying to show us here is that we make plans and we have jobs and we are involved in business transactions. But if we're not careful, what we also do is we will very flippantly move through our days, our todays and our tomorrow. And we'll say, I, I really know that the Lord has something to do, but I don't have time to do that today. So I'm going to push that to tomorrow. Or I know that the Lord has something that he would desire to do in my family, but I don't really have time or margin for that today, so I'm going to push it off into tomorrow. What James is saying is be really careful with that line of thinking. James is not saying to become a hermit. He's not saying to stay at home and do nothing. He's saying go, do, go do the work that the Lord has called you to do, but also invite God into every area of it. Invite God into all the areas of your life. In fact, God desires an unending invitation into every facet of our life. And what he desires to do is to leverage those things for him and for his plans. Now, James is not the only one who talks about this. Jesus spoke about this very frequently. In fact, in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple, they have to deny themselves and take up their cross daily. 
and follow me. Just a few verses later in verse 62 of chapter 9, Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. What's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, you've got to be all in for me. You've got to leverage everything that I have given you for what I would desire to do and not hold it tightly to your own chest. Now, is James saying that business is bad? No. Is James saying that working is bad? Not at all. He's saying the problem is when you go to and fro and you navigate through all those four things that you wrote down, all of those things that you wrote down as the platform that God, that God has entrusted you with, the problem is when you go throughout your life and you have no sensitivity to the fact that God has a plan for those things and a specific purpose for those things. See, God has you where he has you for a reason. And Scripture reminds us that he's given us a very pre-prescribed amount of time to do it. And that pre-prescribed amount of time is what the writer in James would call a mist, a mist that is here and then gone. So don't assume in your human logic that you're going to have all the time in the world to live and make a difference. But instead, according to verse 15, if the Lord wills, we live, and then we go and do this or that. So what I'd like to do for the next few minutes is, is, to, is to give us just a couple talking points, a couple things, a couple big ideas that maybe we can jot down and we can take with us this week to help us as we seek to leverage the platform that God has given us. And the first of which is that your platform is based on God's sovereign design for you. If you'd like to take notes, I'll give you some notes that you can fill in the blanks there. Your platform is based on God's sovereign design for you. What does sovereignty mean? Sovereignty is this element, this characteristic, this defining this defining piece of who God is. And it, it speaks to the fact that, Jesus, that, that God is before all things, he's in all things, and he's after all things. He holds time, he holds all truth, he holds all of the resources in his hands, he is all-knowing, he is ever-present. And in essence, it's speaking to the truth that you and I are not that. So that's what it means. When it talks about God's sovereign design, it means that God is holy, God is good, he is all-knowing, everything is held together by him. And what are we? We're not God. What are we, according to James? A mist, a vapor that appears for just a little while and is gone. But even in our mist, <laughs> even in being a mist, God has sovereignly and beautifully orchestrated our lives. Psalm 139, 16 reminds us of this truth when the psalmist says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before a single one of them came to be. Now, this is going to come as a, a shock to some of us, but see, all of those blanks that you filled in, all of those areas where you said you currently have platform, the, the, where the Lord can leverage that, all of those areas are not things that you have accomplished in your own power. Whoa, that come as a major flash, a new, new shock to me. But, but Pastor Jason, I've worked really hard to get where I have God in life. Absolutely, and the Lord has blessed that. But see, it's because of his sovereign plan that you are where you are, because all of those days were ordained before a single one of them came to be. So that even means the challenges in my life were a part of God's plan. Absolutely. That means the dreams that have yet to be fulfilled are still a part of God's plan. Absolutely. It means the good, the bad, and everything in between has been a part of God's sovereign design for me. Absolutely. Those are all things that God has designed for you. And so our platform is based on what he desires. The platform is not based on what we hoped it would be or what we may still hope that it is someday, but what he currently or where he currently has us. Now, have you ever got frustrated in life when someone takes your idea and they act up on it like it's their own? Has that ever happened to you? 
You've ever been in a meeting before and somebody shares something and you're like, great idea, Janet. I shared that last week. And now you got promoted. And I'm still over here, you know, lowly man on the totem pole. That was my idea. And you heard me say that, you know, how, how dare you? Have you ever had, actually, had anything actually stolen from you before and somebody takes it like it's theirs? And they take ownership of it. This happened to me in seventh grade. I had a jacket. <laughs> yeah, you guys are like, you need to move on, buddy. That was a long time ago. <laughs> Still cuts me deep. Um, I had a, a jacket. It was my favorite jacket. It was a black and red Union Bay windbreaker. And um, it was nice. And, um, and uh, a guy stole it. And he had the audacity. I didn't know who stole it at the time, but I knew that he stole it when he had the audacity two weeks later to wear it to school. And uh, I went up to him and said, hey, man, that's my jacket. And uh, he said, no, it's not. You can't prove that it's my jacket. And I said, well, I mean, it is. Um, I know that it is. But, you know, I was always a peacemaker. So I just was like, I'm going to move on. And, you know, it's just an item. It'll be fine. And, I, you know, I moved on. It didn't cause much of a stink. I actually saw that guy about 10 years ago. And that's the first thing that came to my mind is, do you still have my jacket? Um, and, but I've moved on. Uh, clearly, I haven't. But... Uh, but you think about God. See, what God has done is God has lavished things upon us. He's given us our jobs. He's given us our careers. He's given us the place that we are in life. And what do we do? We live like it's ours. We live like we're the ones that took ownership of it. And God is saying, no, I'm the one that deposited that in your life. I'm the one who has given you the success that you have. I'm the one who has given you the resources that you have. Stop living like it's your stuff. And Invite me in to leverage it for what I would desire to do. See, this gets at the heart of what James is trying to say. James is trying to say, don't move around from town to town thinking that you're the one with the design or the plan. God's the one that's given you that platform and invite him in to every aspect of it. So not only is it by his sovereign design, but secondly, platforms come with responsibilities. They come with responsibilities. This is actually the point that I would like to skip over, but I can't. If you don't remember anything, remember this. Platforms come with responsibilities. If the word responsibilities is too heavy for you, just write in opportunities. It's a responsibility. It's an opportunity that you and I have. In each and every area of those li our lives, those four things that you wrote down, there is not a thing that anybody wrote down on any of their papers. And I, I, would, I would just, if I could go around and read every person's paper, I'd know that this is going to be true. There is no area that you wrote down where the Lord could not give you an opportunity to point people to Jesus through that. If it's your family, if it's your workplace, if it's the social activities that you're a part of, whatever the case might be in each and every one of those areas, you have an opportunity to point people to Jesus and to share the message of the gospel with them, to share with them that Jesus died so that they could have life. And if they will believe in their heart that Jesus is God's son and that God raised him from the dead, if they'll believe that and if they'll confess with their mouth and if they understand that sin separated them from God and that we're all sinners and that we've all fallen short of God's glory, if in each of our areas of influence we would point people to that truth, then those are the moments when we're truly leveraging what it is that the Lord would desire to do in and through us. Specifically, if you're a parent this morning, I want to talk to a couple of groups of people. If you're a parent with a school-aged child, and some of you are in that boat, um, you know, for the next couple of months, um, your kids are going to be with you more than they were the weeks before this because they're out for the summer. I encourage you as parents, don't, don't squander that time. Don't miss those opportunities to create significant momentum in the life of your family. 
In fact, maybe one of your family goals this summer is I want my kids to know more about Jesus come August than they do right now. And I'm going to point them to that. We are going to stay connected in the life of church. We're going to serve together. We're going to figure out ways to help people. We're going to find some ways to serve this summer. See, that time is so fleeting. There's some people in the room that have graduated seniors this weekend. And they would be the first to come up here on our microphone and say, that time is really fleeting. And it goes really quickly. So don't squander it. Don't miss those opportunities. In fact, get out there and make memories and show your kids what's really important. This past weekend, we were doing something um, outside with the kids, and, and my two kids were playing, and they're little, and, and, and they were there, and I, and I saw the water hose sitting over there, and I thought to myself, this is a prime opportunity. Uh, and so I just got them. Their backs were to me, and I just was like, here we go. And I started spraying them, and my wife, you know, had the wherewithal to take out her phone and, and start snapping some pictures. And so I want to show you a couple pictures from our little endeavor the other day. They're just so cute. I can't help it. i got to show pictures of them at least once every two weeks. Um, but what do you see in their faces? Joy. I can talk to my kids about joy. I can preach them a sermonette about joy. Or I could go to the library and check out a book about joy. Or I could pick up the water hose and spray them when they've least expected it and to see their little faces. So if you see me standing out here next week when you come to church, I'm holding a water hose. Know that it's, I'm just trying to bring joy to your life, okay? Um, most of you would probably not see it that way, but you gotta capture those moments. And as parents, we miss it. I, I miss it all the time. But part of our platform as a parent is to show our kids the things that we want them to be about and the characteristics that we want them to embody. See, the teams that you work with, whether you're a supervisor of a team or you're sitting on a team right now, you have a lot of responsibility with that team, an impeccable amount of responsibility because what's going to happen is people are going to come to you with their problems and they're going to come to you with their concerns or they're going to come to you and share with you some of the things that are going on in their life and you can do one of two things. You can say, I hope they find somebody else that's more caring than me or you can meet their needs or you can say, God, give me some patience to Walk with this person in the midst of their trial. Give me a measure of extra grace. In fact, would you be so brave and courageous this week to bring your faith into the workplace? It's going to take a lot of courage this week to bring that faith into the workplace so that when somebody is sharing with you a problem, that you would actually have the courage to say, can I pray for you about that? Can I pray for you about what's going on in your life? And then to take it to the next step and say, can we actually do that right now? Can I pray for you? And just ask that the God, God would give you the wisdom that you need and whatever decision that is that you need to make. And then there's social media. Don't even get me started on social media. Possibly one of the biggest platforms that you and I have right now. And some of us are squandering that witness. We're eroding the witness that we have out there. We say things that we would never say in everyday life. And yet we're giving people a choice to look at, do I believe what they say or do I believe in what they post? Because see, there are members of your community and there are family members and there are people that you know the Lord has called you to reach that are seeing the presence that you have. And unfortunately, what we're doing, some of us, not all of us, and all of us are fall, are, have fallen short of this. James says beautifully in chapter 2, verse 26, that faith without deeds is dead. And so if I've got faith that's spoken, but faith that's not shown, then what kind of faith am I showing people? I'm showing them a very dead faith. 
If I say that the things of Jesus are really important and I want to leverage them for him and then I actually don't do anything with it, then I'm showing people a very dead faith. Is a dead faith going to point anybody in the right direction? Not at all. It's going to confuse and probably frustrate people even more. See, the responsibilities and the challenges that we have to leverage are so paramount, and we can make it about us or we can make it about God and others. So know that it comes with responsibility. Know that it's part of God's sovereign design, but a squandered or self-seeking platform is rooted in arrogance. That's how I started the message today, and I want us to go to that passage in verse 16, that the squandered or a self-seeking platform is rooted in arrogance. It's why in verse 16, or actually starting in verse 15, where he says, instead you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. But as it is, that line of thinking, that line of thinking, you boast in your arrogant schemes and all such boasting is evil. And if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and they don't do it, it is sin for them. So it starts by saying, you know, don't, 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 just go through life thinking you're going to have all the time in the world. In fact, then it says, you know, your life is but a mist that appears for a, a little bit and then it's gone. And then it goes over to if it's the Lord's will, we should live and do this or that. But for those of you that haven't gotten it right, keep in mind that this boasting is arrogant. Oh, and by the way, this arrogance is sin. That just took a turn, didn't it? It started with don't taking time for granted. And now five verses later, James is saying to know the right thing and not do it is sin. It's what the, the writer of this commentary from InterVarsity Press worded it so beautifully. And the writer says, and I quote, indifference towards God's will is commonplace sin. We don't like to think about it. When we think about sin, we think about sin in terms of what? The sins that I commit, the things that I do wrong. But see, Scripture speaks so eloquently and so beautifully and so poignantly and sometimes so hard for us to hear that indifference towards God's will, indifference towards the things that God is asking us to do is a really commonplace sin. And the boasting or the lack of sensitivity to leveraging things for God is something I should be aware of. So what then do I need to do? Where do we go from here? How do I sum up this entire series for you? The simplest way that I know to sum that up is to be faithful. What is my takeaway point? Be faithful. Be faithful to what the Lord has placed in front of you. Be faithful to the areas where he has given you a platform. Be faithful to the area where he is asking you to leverage things for him. In fact, I want to show you a video this morning from a young lady in our church. Her name is Emily Towns, and Emily serves as one of our interns in the, the life of Rolling Hills. And I want you to hear just a little bit about how she has come to a realization of the areas that the Lord is wanting her to use her platform as a hairstylist, as a hairdresser right here in Nolensville. Take a look. My name is Emily and I serve as an intern at Rolling Hills in our college and young adult ministry. So outside of the church, I am a hairstylist. I've been a hairstylist for going on about four years now. Um, I can say that my favorite part of what I do, without a doubt, um, is the people side of things. You know, when people come in to get their hair done day to day, you know, you never really know what their day has looked like on the other side of that door, but you know the amount of time that you have with them. So when people come in, I'm just daily just so dependent on the Lord and just seeking Him for how can I make the most of this time that I have. Um, and so, you know, it's it's such a, a unique thing how the Lord is trying. 
truly entrusted me with this chair, that is, it's a safe place for the community. It's a place for them to come and rest. It's a place that they are seen and they are loved. And, you know, people are always journeying through different seasons of life, and I really get to be a constant for them through that. Like, it's really, it just comes down to building relationships with people. And I love sharing with people about what the Lord is doing at Rolling Hills, and, and just sometimes get to invite them into that invite them to church and invite them to be a part of that. Recently, I had the opportunity to do that. A few weeks back, I had a first-time client come in, and in our time together, she was sharing with me about how her and her family had just recently relocated to Tennessee from California, and so just talking through that transition with her and what that's looked like for their family, I invited um, invited them to come, told her about the opportunities we have for her kids to get connected with student ministry. She has a, a daughter that's graduating and going to college, and of course that's where my heart is, is, especially with like college and young adults, and so I was telling her about those opportunities for her daughter to come and get connected, and so just extended that invite, having no idea what would ever come of it, and so fast forward a few weeks later, um, one of the things that is really important to Rolling Hills is prayer, and something that our staff does that I love so much is every Monday morning we gather together, and we take those little connection cards that you get every Sunday morning where people write their prayer request on them. We gather and we, we pass those out at round tables and, um, and we pray over every single one of them, each person by name. And so this specific Monday, we had well over a hundred of these cards. I get to this one and I look at the name on the card and I thought, this sounds really familiar, but I couldn't quite place where it was from. And so I flipped it over and read through the prayer request and then flipped it back over how did you hear about Rolling Hills? And so I looked at that part of it, and sure enough, it's a hairdresser. And I thought, oh my goodness, like, that's my client, you know? And just how cool that, that was. And um, really just was super encouraged from the Lord in that, that, um, that he's so in the details, you know? For one, they visited Rolling Hills, which was super cool and something to celebrate. But um, the fact that he would put that card out of so many student on campus or, you know, no matter where you are, um, the Lord has given us all a platform. He's placed all of us in specific places at this time for a reason. And it's just that surrendering your day to him and asking him to give you the eyes to see the people that he wants you to see and the courage to speak up when he wants you to speak up. I think one of my favorite things that Emily said is God has entrusted me with this chair. And so for this season, I'm going to seek to be faithful because every person that is here is a person that um, I could potentially be an influence over and, and seek to use this platform. And I hope as a result of that, you're thinking about what is my chair? What is the place? What is the area in your life where the Lord has given you influence and he's given you a platform? And, and how are you seeking to use that? If you've been a part of our daily step Bible reading plan, you would have read Colossians chapter three this week. And in Colossians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, we're reminded to let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. See, everything that you do, you do it for God. Every hour of your day, every dollar that you've been given, every platform that you have, the Lord Jesus is your audience. 
And what he desires from us is faithfulness. Faithfulness, being faithful to what he has put before us. And some of us are at a good place in this, and, or we've been at a good place at this, and then some of us would probably have the courage and the honesty to say, you know what, I'm not being faithful right now with what the Lord has given me. Or perhaps you're waiting. In fact, it's very common for us to wait. You know, we, we want to wait and, and do something for God someday, and then all of a sudden it makes you realize, wow, that's exactly what James was talking about. He's not talking about waiting for the someday or the this or the that or the today or the tomorrow. He's saying, you know, you, you've got right now. Some of us are probably saying things like this. Well, you know, when my platform gets a little bit bigger, then I'll use it. Or we would even go as far to say, you know, no one would listen to me. Or, of course, I would use my platform if people asked me to come and speak at things. But nobody's asking me to speak at anything, so I don't know how to use that platform. Or I'm just a, a lowly employee right now. I'm not a supervisor, so I don't know how I could use that platform. If the platform was just a little bit bigger, I would use it. My question to you is, would you really? Would you really? Or have you bought into some um, lie that you can't be used right now? See, the problem with wanting a bigger platform is that you miss what's in front of you right now. That's the problem with wanting a bigger platform is you kind of look past everybody who's there with you right now. Or what about when I have just a few more resources, I'll trust God with them. Would you really? Because if it's hard to trust God with a little, it's going to be hard to trust him with a lot. And maybe there's an area in there that the Lord is seeking to move us towards him. Or, or how about I, I don't have time right now to invest in kingdom-minded things, but someday I will find the time. In fact, next year, I'm going to find the time to do that. Well, are you really? Because when is the last time in your life that the year that you're currently in was less busy than the one before? Bueller? Bueller? Anyone? <laughs> Anybody have a moment when all of a sudden life just got less busy? or less complicated, or less nuanced, most of us would realize that if we don't make the time for it now, we're probably not going to find it. So the Lord is yearning for us to be faithful to him. And some of us just simply need to be reminded, this reminded of this truth from God that it's the Lord's will that we live, and that then we go, and then we do the things that he has asked us to do, because our life is just a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So I want to close today by asking you to make some radical commitments. I want you to look at those four areas that you jotted down earlier. And I want you to make a radical commitment right now if you'd be comfortable doing that. A radical commitment just between you and God to say, I'm going to leverage the platform that I've been given in those areas. I'm going to be all in when it comes to my family. I'm going to be all in when it comes to my business. I'm going to be all in when it comes to the things that the Lord has entrusted me with. I'm going to be all in to, to leverage these, these relationships that I have. And I'm going to move past these half-hearted attempts that I've been making. And I'm ultimately going to realize life is but a mist. And so let's live like we understand that truth from God and leverage today what he has put before us. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? I want to pray for you. I want to pray for myself that we would leverage what the Lord has put in front of us because it's not by accident that he has placed us where he has placed us. So let's pray today that God would give us a radical sense of commitment and a radical desire to do as he would desire in and through our lives. Lord, thank you for what you've entrusted with us. You've entrusted with us um, incredible gifts and talents and leadership abilities, resources, skills, 
all kinds of things. And Lord, this morning we bring all of that to you. You've given us great influence. You've given us great platform. Whether it's the businesses that we run, whether it's the teams that we lead, whether it's the HOA that we serve on, whether it's the group of moms that we're going to be interacting with multiple times a week throughout the course of this summer. You've given us a platform. And so I pray that we would all use it to the best of our ability and that you would give us a deep sense of commitment to what you would desire to do in and through us. Help us to realize that what you've entrusted to us is not because of us, but it's because you desire to leverage it for your glory and for your name and for your sake. So Help us, Father, to be obedient. Help us to be all in for what you would desire, and we give everything that we have to you and pray that you would use it and help us to realize that our life is so short. It is so short. It is truly just a mist that appears for a little while and then is gone. So we want to make the biggest mark that we can make for your kingdom, Lord, here in our day and here in our generation. It's in the name of Christ that we pray and ask all of these things. Amen. And amen. Know that we're grateful that you're here. So grateful to be on this journey with each and every one of you. And our hope is that the things that we've talked about in this series would not just stay in this room, but they would transition with you as you go into the areas that the Lord has placed in front of you. At this time, I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward. And this is an opportunity for you to continue in worship by giving. If you have a prayer request or a praise, please place that in there at this time. And as Emily reminded you in the video, we would be honored to pray for you this week. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to continue in worship by giving. We pray that you would take all that has been entrusted to us and that we would simply very open-handedly hold it and give it to you and ask you to do what you can only do in and through it. It's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen and amen. And as our ushers are collecting our offering, I just want to close today by reminding you of a few things, a few opportunities to get plugged in and connected here in the life of our church, specifically next Sunday, June the 2nd, after this service, uh, we will have a partnership class, which is going to take place at our Nolansville staff office, which is just right up the road in the Britton Plaza area. Uh, and that's at 1 p.m. next Sunday. If you have yet to become a partner or a member of Rolling Hills, we would invite you to be a part of this. You can go on our website and you can register and let us know that you're coming. We have childcare that's provided free of charge if you need that. Uh, we have lunch that's provided. If you could just go online though and let us know so that we can be best prepared uh, for you. People come to this class at all different levels, so just know that. If you have questions about the church or you just kind of wanted to learn a little bit more about what makes Rolling Hills Rolling Hills and our vision and the things that we're doing, this would be a great uh, avenue to come and to ask those questions. Or maybe you've been here for a while and you're ready to kind of take that next strategic spiritual step of church partnership. We would encourage you to, to, to join us next Sunday. And it's going to be a lot of fun and, and we, would, we would love to have you there with us. I also have a special guest in the room today that I want to introduce to you. Uh, he's our first Sunday here with us. We have an intern, one like, like Emily, that you saw up here. And his name is Robert Robert in the back. Just wave at us, Robert. And Robert is a, a great guy. He's from Louisiana, and he's going to be, you're going to be start seeing him around more here at Rolling Hills as he's going to be working with our family ministry and uh, serving, and, and we're going to keep him busy, and I hope that you'll keep him busy as well. And so uh, he's a great young man and studying in seminary, and so we're really grateful to have him here, Robert, and, and we're thankful to, to be able to journey with you in this season of your internship. So again, we're thankful for each and every one of you. I hope you have just an awesome rest of your weekend. Enjoy, um, enjoy this beautiful, um, this beautiful beautiful day, this beautiful weekend, and we're so grateful that we get to be on this journey with you. Again, look forward to seeing you next Sunday, and you can consider yourself dismissed. Have a great weekend.